This week's Rethink Retail podcast is brought to you in association with Emarsis, part of SAP. Trusted by over 1,600 companies worldwide, Emarsis's impact-driven industry solutions give power to the marketer. Emarsis knows that marketers don't have time to chase after flashy predictions and trends for the year, which ultimately don't lead to revenue and growth. This is why Emarsis has launched Unpredictions, marketing priorities powering 2022. Request a demo or check out the ebook at emarsis.com. You're listening to the Retail Rundown Podcast. Today's episode is hosted by April Sabral. Ms. Sabral has had a storied career in retail leadership with companies like Banana Republic, Starbucks, and Apple. She's a leadership and development coach and the brains behind Retail U, an online learning platform designed especially for retail leaders. April also wrote her own book last year called The Positive Effect, where she shares how to build high-performing cultures through the power of positive leadership. On today's episode, she speaks with Emma Taylor, the Vice President of Stores for global fashion retailer Reese. And together, the two dive into the importance of positive leadership within the retail industry. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please show your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hello. Today, we're kicking off another episode of the Retail Rundown podcast. I'm your host, April Sabral. And today, we are going to discuss leadership specifically the topic of leading in retail. Retail is a fast-paced, diverse, and exciting industry, and managing complexity and ambiguity has been the theme of the past two years. I believe leading with positivity is essential today, now more than ever. It's been a challenging year to hire and retain, and what I have learned over my career is employees leave leaders, not companies. So with this knowledge, it's important that retail leaders consider what they need to do to create cultures that attract first-time job seekers and develop the future leaders of their organization. Today, we are going to gain insights from our guest on how she has managed to lead through the pandemic. I can't wait to talk about my favorite topic, leadership, and how we can continue to inspire retail as an amazing place to work. Joining me to further dive into this topic is Emma Taylor. Emma is the Vice President of North America Stores for Reese, a modern global fashion brand offering stylish women's and menswear. Prior to joining Reese, Emma spent nearly 14 years growing her career at Topshop and Topman, where she most recently served as the brand's U.S. regional manager. Thank you for joining the show today, Emma. Hi, thank you for having me. So excited to dive into this topic. Me too. All right. So I'm just going to dive right in because we have a short period of time and I really want to get the most out of this so that our listeners can really enjoy and learn everything there is around your leadership and your tips. So my first question to you is going to be, can you kick us off really by giving us a brief introduction to Reese and your role at the company, just in case you know people don't know who Reese is? 
Absolutely. So first off, you're saying it right, which is fantastic. And as a British person, you probably know the brand pretty well. Reese has actually been around for 50 years, newer than to the US and Canadian markets. So we've been in the US about 15 years. I joined four and a half years ago. And really, it's a full ownership role of the business out here, how we're growing the business, the stores that we operate in, any relationships that we have with key partners. And within that, we have standalone businesses. We have concession-led businesses with our partner Bloomingdale's in the US and Hudson's Bay in Canada. We also operate partner e-com businesses with them as well. More recently, within my time here, we've now got wholesale relationships with huge partners such as Nordstrom and more recently, Saks Fifth Avenue. So it's been a really exciting opportunity to come in and lead what I know to be a really prestigious brand such as Reese, but actually then teach the American and Canadian customer about who we are, what we stand for, and why we should exist in the North America retail landscape. So it's been a fascinating and whirlwind four and a half years. Throw a pandemic into that as well. It's definitely been a roller coaster ride. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's exciting. Congratulations, by the way, on the wholesale business. That's exciting as well to just keep growing that brand and and getting it out there. And yeah, absolutely. Being a British person, first and foremost, (laughs) um, I love the brand and do know know, what it stands for. So it's amazing to see um, UK brands enter into such a big market like this and successfully as well. So I know it's been a tough few years for recruitment and retainment across retail, especially in stores, right? So what were some of the key challenges you saw during the height of the pandemic and how have they evolved over the last 24 months? Yeah, I think there's been a few. And I think we all entered into the pandemic thinking, you know, the hardest decisions and choices that we were going to have to make was about how we navigate our team and retain our team through the pandemic. That was, you know, step one. Now I look back at that, that was actually a much easier process than probably what we've then had to do post-pandemic. Post-pandemic, we've seen real challenges within where talent is based. And by that, there's been a huge shift within the business, obviously migration of people then to cities that, you know, we operated well in, but we definitely didn't have flagship level stores in, such as Florida. We've then had to build and enhance our team down there. So really finding talent in areas that we're not used to then operating at such a big level in, while also then trying to retain incredible, incredible flagship senior talent in areas that now have really suffered post-pandemic, such as New York. And actually, it's been completely different challenges across even just the US market, let alone then Canada, where they're still kind of mid-pandemic at this point and still kind of facing store closures and reduced capacities and things. So yeah, definitely been a good few challenges along the way. I would say the biggest thing that we faced was recruiting. During a pandemic, we actually opened 12 stores during the pandemic, which is a challenge. We love to set ourselves huge challenges at Reese, and it definitely was one that we went into thinking, you know, it was potentially going to be impossible. But we opened the California market and we found some incredible people that actually already know the brand or we've already worked with before or have already kind of worked within Bloomingdale stores before. And while a lot of other key brands and our competitors were having to then face losing talent. Actually, that was then an area where really benefit then from going in as a new emerging brand, we were actually able to then really build some core talent within our California market. And 
already within a year or two of them being in the business, they've already progressed internally into bigger, better roles, multi-site leaders, an area manager role. So really setting up the structure for internal development has been key to these other markets. In Miami, we did the same thing actually pre-pandemic. I almost wish I would have had a crystal ball, but the area managers that we then set up in each market were probably the best thing that we did because it's helped us then really strengthen those local teams. And in Miami, which has now become our number three region, where obviously it previously then we we didn't even then qualify our stores down there as kind of like flagship volume, actually having the leaders in the market, driving that progression and internal development has been really key for us. In New York, I would say we're still learning day by day. I'm definitely not going to sit on this podcast and say, you know, we've really nailed it in New York. We face different challenges every day in New York. We are finding that, you know, people along with ourselves are having these enlightening post-pandemic moments about do they want to be in retail anymore? Um, Do they want to be in the city anymore? Can they now go and live somewhere else and still then obviously have a career that that they choose? So we're really facing some key retention issues We also, as I mentioned, had flagship level talent now delivering stores that, you know, our Madison Avenue store hasn't recovered as quickly as some of our neighborhood stores. So really making sure that we are enhancing people's roles where they obviously have the capacity to then do more. um, But the footfall or the volume then has changed in their current scope. And then we've really had to look at pay benchmarking, benefits, um, what our commission structure looks like, what our uniform structure looks like, just to make sure that we are ahead of the curve, really, because it's fierce out there in terms of the competitors and everybody's obviously trying to then now share a much tighter talent pool. So yeah, a number of different challenges, but kind of really builds your leadership team because you're kind of facing them things that you never really thought, you know, who would have thought that two years ago facing into the pandemic that we'd be struggling to find talent in New York. It just oh, wasn't yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. And I, I'm assuming that, you know, being an emerging brand, like you said, specifically in the California market, it's kind of exciting for people to join a brand that's growing versus, you know, where they can get that opportunity. Like you said, to move from like store ops into like area manager, district supervisor, because there is that growth. So I can see how that would be appealing to people now, especially with lots of successful retailers, let's say, closing down stores. So that's probably um, helped you out. What has the pandemic taught you about yourself as a leader? (laughs) Um, Resilience is a core strength that every retail leader needs. I think what I've learned is now just to expect the unexpected. And you can only deal with the cards you're dealt on that day. I think I used to love, you know, building a strategy and I still do build a business strategy and, you know, a team strategy that we try and obviously, you know, strive towards. But actually it has changed day by day. The best leaders or the most resilient leaders um, within our business have really thrived within that environment and they're quick on their feet. They're solution focused. As long as you then have integrity in the decisions that you're making and you make the right choices instinctively, then you can navigate your way through this. But yeah, resilience and still then coming to work with that positive attitude every single day, despite then what might be thrown your way that day, is the only thing during that pandemic that we could do for our teams. So yeah, I think resilience and solution-focused quick decisions um, and trusting my gut. 
I think has been really, really key with every decision that we've made. I love that. And you know me and positivity. I wrote a book about it. I'm all about... (laughs) All about positivity. Positivity. And, you know, and, and real authentic positivity, being concerned about what you do and how you respond to situations as a leader and that impact of how it makes other people feel right? Because I truly believe that engagement starts from within in any organization. I've seen it in my own career. So I wanted to ask you, like, do you agree with that? Um, Why or why not? Yeah, Yeah, I do agree with that. And I think you have to build a team around you that also agrees in the value of that. The minute you have somebody within, you know, you might have a, a senior team around you of, let's say, 10 people. The minute you then have one person within that, that can't see the vision and can't see why the decisions are being made and doesn't then lead with that kind of positive employee first focus, it really then derails the authenticity of the vision. And for me, really, it has been about making sure that within our store teams as well, you know, we've, we do a lot of things in terms of employee surveys around engagement, motivation, what else we can do for the store teams. Those store leaders are the face of our brand to that entire team every day. So they also then need to believe in the positivity and the strategy behind then why we're making all these decisions and why we might be making changes. And so for me, it's all about transparency and giving people the information so that they can see the whys behind things. But yeah, positivity breeds positivity in others. And for me, the the minute you lose that within your team and one person then doesn't feel that same way, it can really throw it all off. Yeah, 100%. I really agree with that. I mean, I've read hundreds of exit interviews over my career, as I'm sure you have. Yeah. And pay is always on the third. It's always like leadership development or further developing their career and the person they work for. That are the two main reasons why people leave organizations, right? Exactly. We have lost some incredible leaders throughout this pandemic through different choices, lifestyle choices, progression into other brands. Unfortunately, if they are a good leader, some of their team obviously will follow with them, which is a good thing for them, a bad thing for us. So for me, it's all about then that who you bring, like who you can bring into the brand and actually then building that trust within the team that you're all striving towards the same purpose. So how do you align your organization when you're building a team with your vision and mission, right? Like because you know, when you're like two, three stores, it's kind of easy. But as you grow, as you scale, what strategies do you have in place, Emma, that can, you know, really align your organization, like I said, with your vision and mission to make sure that that culture stays intact, right? This one's an ever evolving one for us, because just before the pandemic, we then changed the structure. So we used to be a heavily New York based organization, obviously, with our main head office then in the UK. And the best thing that we then did was create our field teams, um, which obviously being a new emerging brand out here, hadn't necessarily been done before. Um, So the main focus for us as we continue to evolve that structure is how we then build our area managers, area VMs, and kind of regional leaders into the strategy. So we've actually then more recently started then doing frequent in-person meetings. So obviously retail, we've been doing in-person now for a long time. You cannot be an in-person meeting, but we've then started doing these in-person meetings more frequently. Prior to the pandemic, we would have probably then gone, you know, to the UK conference and kind of listened to the vision and things like that. But as we said, a lot of things are changing day to day. So we've actually then scheduled these meetings now every six weeks. We go through what our people vision is for that quarter, where 
where are we at with it? What's our business goals? How are we trading? Like all the obviously the the kind of boring things, but then we're consciously now trying to do a team build activity with that population of people each time or a development activity because really they are the face of our brand in that market and we need to make sure we're all aligned. So it's a fairly new thing for us, to be honest, because obviously we've been in, in this kind of pandemic world. But the one that we had last week was fantastic. And it was about the partnerships that they need to form with their visual partner in market, making sure that they're both aligned, making sure that then they're aligned with our, our overall brand vision for the North America market. So it was kind of then our, our baby steps out into that. But other things that then I really try and encourage my leadership team to do is where they then are the expert in the market, they also then need to build a, an external network within the market. For me, you can't be a creative, innovative leader unless you're kind of in amongst and hearing what everybody else is doing. I get a lot of my own kind of ideas or creative thinking from the network that I've built within the New York area or within the retail network, even, you know, the the retail hive, we've got hive drinks tonight, we've got a lead event coming up, like so many things that then you can go and be part of. And then my peers in the external world, and they are the ones then that feed my creative kind of thinking and new ideas. And that's then what we're encouraging our area managers and regional leaders to do as well. If you're out in California, you know, they've got to be the California expert. They need to be feeding into us. What's now the next thing then that we should be doing in that California market? What are people doing for their teams that might be different out there? So really trying to encourage the the art of networking. Um, You know, people like to say it all the time. I love to network. I, I really want to now start doing this. It's actually critical at this moment in time. Without my network in the retail world out here, I would have really struggled navigating through even the pandemic because obviously at, at a certain point then we were kind of looking to each other even for advice and ideas of, of how we were all going to survive this with our um, retail businesses. So, yeah, I think there's two main things. Obviously, what we set out to do as a team together, but also then them establishing themselves as an expert in their market and building that network around them externally. Oh, I love that because I think pre-pandemic, we were all kind of in our own brands, heads down in our own silos. Completely. Right. And what I've experienced is just meeting people like yourself in the last year that maybe I wouldn't have before because like you said, we've had to reach out. We've had to build those relationships outside of our own brand to gain, you know, tips like what you're sharing. And this is why I love this conversation, because if you're listening to this, you can take away practical things that can help you build, you know, internally your structures. One of the things that you talked about was promoting from within, you know, those area managers. And one of the things that I think retail has struggled with for a long time, which is why I built Retail U, was just the level of getting people ready for multi-site, right? Yeah. Like my experience in my career was like, here you go, here's 10 stores. And I was like, oh, nobody runs a store <laughs> like me, <laughs> right? So what are you doing to ensure your internal managers are ready for that next level of leading so that you can continue to grow? Yeah, pre-pandemic, we learned that lesson hard and fast. Like you say, we asked employee feedback, exit interviews, we were losing key large store flagship talent because they said that there wasn't available career paths or we were losing talent in markets where we didn't necessarily have other stores for them to develop into. So we actually then had to create 
different roles within the structure so that people could see that there was progression within race. Some of our employees then were getting frustrated at that store manager level. And it's about what's next, whether that then be, you know, becoming a training hub store or whether it then became managing another store that then potentially was outside of your market and that multi-site leadership. The biggest then challenge that we faced is obviously then getting people from there's a very different role that you play going from store manager to area manager. Area manager is much more kind of hands-off, big picture, leading through your team. Whereas that multi-site manager for us has then been the perfect middle step because you're still quite hands-on, but you're having to then learn that you physically cannot run that entire business on your own because you might now have two or three stores. And actually the learning that you get from having to then step out and see the bigger picture and actually not be able to do it yourself has then been critical for some of our leaders. We've now doubled the amount of multi-site roles that we've had post-pandemic because they've been so critical to our success. And some of our area managers and even our regional manager came from area manager level. And some of our area managers have now then come from multi-site roles. So for us, it's been about that, that middle step. What we're now focused on is how do we bridge the gap from supervisor to manager? Because we're now finding that the supervisor population is becoming very sparse. They're in high demand, particularly in areas like New York. And it's about now as really focusing. So we're actually building an entire development program um, as a brand around how we then get supervisors into that first management role and giving them the skills to become a leader um, and not then just a, a kind of doer in the store or a seller in the store. So yeah, some some big changes um, based on employee feedback that we got about both of those. I love that because sometimes we put our best sellers in a management role and then all of a sudden they're not so successful. So kudos yeah. to you guys at Reese for really sounds like putting a huge focus on you know people and leadership development and internal promotions that's going to continue to build that foundation of the brand in the US and make it a place that people really want to work completely um, and, and it's people. all about like clarity of what progression looks like too progression for some people you know some people are fantastic sellers that doesn't mean that they just don't cap out and stop at a certain level and we even had this conversation yesterday we have an amazing guy nobody come for him he's mine but actually what else can we now get him doing and can he now become the the training expert for new york can he then relaunch our made to measure services so that there's still development for him and yeah really kind of putting a mirror up, I guess, against why why are people leaving and what now we should be doing to really evolve the roles and kind of what people see as progression. I love that because you're being vulnerable and honest. Too many people are like, no, we're great. It's the best. Just come and work here. But you're actually putting a mirror up, showing that vulnerable side and saying, okay, how can we improve it? So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. What's a myth that you would bust if you could bust it about working in retail? Gosh, um, <laughs> that it's all Devil Wears Prada, I guess. Um, I think none of my friends probably have any clue about what I do day to day. And actually, once you get kind of out of the store world, the majority of what I do day to day is, you know, leadership and people management. And it's dealing with 
the emotions of people or, you know, what everybody's going through day to day. Um, you might be faced with an employee who's had a death in the family. I mean, through COVID, obviously, then a lot of things were happening that we were really just dealing with, you know, employees' feelings about being in a pandemic. And, and you really kind of take on this like family type role to a lot of people within the retail industry. And I know some of my best like external relationships are then through work, people that I have met at work. And I think that's something that I would love other people to understand about retail and why once you're in it, you almost don't want to escape it because it's like this huge family that nobody kind of really understands on the outside. Um, and they they probably perceive it as, you know, oh yes, it's fashion shows and it's Devil Wears Prada. And it's really none of that. Actually, what it is at the core of it is caring for people and making them the best that they can be. Oh, I love that. Caring for people and making them the best they can be. A hundred percent. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, Emma. So I'm just going to wrap it up with asking, really, what are your closing thoughts about being a successful retail leader? You know, maybe someone's looking at you um, and looking at your career and saying, you know what, I want to grow into a VP one day. So what are your top three tips to to be a successful VP and, and of stores and like continue to grow? Yeah, I think initially you need to figure out who you are and what you stand for and be clear in that. I think too often you can work in various different brands. I'm lucky to have worked for two fantastic brands, but you can become what they want you to be versus what you stand for as a leader. So by the time you then kind of get to a certain point in your career and you kind of look back at yourself, it's can you stand by the decisions that you made, the teams that you built, and what you then have delivered and what legacy you can leave behind in any business that you go into? So what's your point of difference and kind of what you stand for? Obviously, critical to that is then building your team. You've got to be able to then build a team that you really implicitly trust around you. Um, and you trust that they're also going to deliver that vision that you set out, have integrity. And then one kind of real thing that I've learned more um, post or during the pandemic is find a mentor. It, it can be one person, it can be two people, it can be a group of people. Find people that inspire you. Find people that when you're having a rough day, you can call and say, oh my goodness, I don't know how I can get myself through this. And they will let you rant, let you listen, like they will listen to you. They might give you some advice. And then also that networking piece, like, People like I've met you through through networking. I've met people like Ron um, and, you know, been part of that whole retail pride journey with him. We did the, a huge event in the summer and that was all built through networking. And I think the importance of having mentors and external networks, I had definitely overlooked earlier in my career um, and kind of, you know, put it on my appraisal as, yeah, this year I'm going to build a network. Actually, it has been critical to me being able to then survive as a leader this year. Oh, that's amazing. Great advice. Um, and yeah, Ron's journey is amazing being part of that <laughs> whole retail pride. Can't talk about him enough. Um, so thank you. I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know you're busy. There's a lot going on, but this was such a great conversation and I'm really excited to continue to 
be part of your journey, support you and see Reese grow in the US market. I know. What a record. Like we've had an absolutely record year this year. And that was with despite everything the world threw at us. So yeah, we're really excited about this year. We finally feel like we've, we're kind of a step ahead versus catching up. So yeah, we're really excited. Thank you for having me. It's been a welcome break, actually, in a day of madness. So yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited that you asked me to be part of this and, and love kind of sharing any story. And I would encourage anyone that is listening, please connect with me on LinkedIn. It's all about making that first step. No one will ever deny you connecting with them and trying to network. So that wraps up another episode of the Retail Rundown podcast. You've been listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. If you would like to be considered as a guest on our show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at media at rethink.industries. You can help support our team at Rethink Retail by dropping us a rating and review on your iTunes podcast app. To each and every one of you, thanks so much for tuning in. Retail never sleeps. See you next week.